Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Welcome. If you know Mary, you know Jesus. Good evening, everyone. My name is Bob Cantoni, and we're here to talk about the beautiful Queen Mother, Mother of Jesus, and we're also here to talk about St. Joseph tonight, and whose feast day happens to be tonight, and Our Lady has recommended highly many, many times to uh, seek and, and do devotion to the, her uh, virginal spouse, St. Joseph, and his powerful intercession is so critical, especially in this day and age, for all time. You know, he is the protector and the patron of families, the protector of the church, the protector of the holy family. So I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to come to know St. Joseph and be devoted to St. Joseph the way Our Lady prescribes, the way God prescribes. One one other reason that uh, I've come across is if you truly want to have a deeper and more solid devotion to Jesus and Mary, look to St. Joseph because no saint has had more devotion to Jesus and Mary than St. Joseph himself who is the model of God the Father, the model of the the Holy Spirit, the spouse of Mary. Of course, he's the spouse of Mary. So lots to talk about tonight, and we're going to beg St. Joseph for his intercession for this very special show in in his honor. And And the purpose is to spread devotion and to inspire and hopefully gives uh, people acquire a desire to seek out and have devotion to St. Joseph in everything, through the heart of Mary, for the heart of Jesus. So tonight we're going to, uh, I I have some beautiful words uh, that St. Joseph himself spoke, and these are taken out of the devotion to Our Lady of America. And um, after the prayer tonight, I would like to introduce um, the sister. Her name is Sister Mary Ephraim Mildren. And... uh, she uh, was from Ohio, and in 1951 to 1954, she, I believe she has received uh, messages from Our Lady, from Jesus, and from St. Joseph. But I will introduce her in just a minute and uh, show the bishop that gave the imprimatur and so forth. It is an approved apparition, and the words of St. Joseph are stunning, and they are really inspired words, especially for these times that we're living in. I have a scripture tonight. We'll take it right out of the Gospel of Matthew. And also, I have my good friend Bob with us. You there, Bob? Yes. Uh, thank you for joining us. And Bob will join us in some meditations as well as we're going to pray as a devotion in honor of St. Joseph, his seven sorrows and joys. And what that does, it brings in scripture and it brings in a beautiful meditation and prayer of the life of St. Joseph, his virtue, his faith, his righteousness, and his great imitation of the virtues of the lives of of Jesus and Mary. The beautiful stuff. And if we have time tonight as well, we'll look at the life of St. Joseph as written by Maria Cecilia Baj. And uh, she's a Benedictine nun. And back in, uh, in Italy, and then she wrote these words in 1743, right? Well, between 1743 and 1766. If we have time, 
And I also have a beautiful teaching and a plea from Our Lady in the Mary Movement of Priests, the beautiful words from Father Go, of Our Lady from Father Golby, and how she long, uh, desires us to have a devotion to her virginal spouse, St. Joseph. So looking forward to tonight, and I pray to the Holy Spirit that he inspire us all and open our hearts and minds to all that God desires to teach us. So let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the most powerful intercession intercession. of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse, and St. Joseph. Amen. Dear Immaculate Mother, we ask you to please intercede for us tonight in a very powerful way. This is so important, dear Mother. We really, really want to heed your request in, in um, carrying out your, your request of, of being very devoted to St. Joseph. We need St. Joseph, especially for holy families, for the sanctification of the families, for protection, for healing of the families, to be an example, especially for fathers and families of a true, um, what it means to be a true husband in a family, a true protector, a true spouse, a true father, and how God, he gave, God gave us a perfect reflection of what it means to be a holy father and a, a, a very holy father and a righteous father and as a protector in holy families. And, it's, and also, uh, uh, priests look to St. Joseph because they are truly fathers in the more spiritual sense. So what a great model. I can't thank God enough for St. Joseph. We can't thank you, St. Joseph, enough for listening to the Holy Spirit and following his, his words and his direction and taking care of Jesus and Mary in a heroic way. So, dear Mother, please pray for us, intercede for us, surround us, protect us with your heavenly mantle of grace, and obtain for us all those wonderful graces that will help us on the road to sanctification through the hearts of Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph. Amen. Amen. So I'd like, as always, we're going to begin right with Scripture. Let's just go to the Gospel of Matthew. And it's taken from uh, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. <clears throat> now, the generation of Christ was this wise, when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Whereupon Joseph, her husband, being a just man, so being a just man, that's, those are very important words. I want to emphasize that and bring your attention to that. So being a just man and not willing publicly to expose her was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in his sleep, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which the Lord spoke by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God is God with us. 
And Joseph, rising up from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took unto him his wife. And he knew her not, till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So there's a lot there. And uh, Bob, are you able to share with us, or you've got your hands tied for the moment until a little bit later? Until and later. Okay, very good. Thank you. So anyways, what I'd like to bring attention to, the first thing is he was, a, he was a just man, and he wanted to, he did not want to expose his wife, divorce, back in those days, just briefly. You know, I, I mean, just think of St. Joseph and his position. He knows who Mary is, the inviolate spouse, the, 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 um, his pure virginal spouse. He knew the holiness of, the, of Mary. And can you imagine being St. Joseph, thinking to himself, here is my very saintly spouse, and she's pregnant, and the child's not mine. I can't even, I, I don't even want to go there, what poor St. Joseph was thinking at that time. So you can have an understanding of what he must have been going through, or at least get a feel for, wow, I I would be blown away. I mean, you know, and here's St. Joseph, a righteous man, and he can certainly see in his purity the righteousness of his spouse. How can this be? Really, I, it, it takes some great strength, heroic strength and faith, okay, and courage, and yet he did not want to expose it to the law because the law in those days, would he would have to have her stoned to death. Can you imagine what he must have been going through? I can't imagine. But nevertheless, this is key and, right and here. Bob, we get a glimpse. Yes. If I could say, too, and because of his humility and knowing and that, Scripture him, himself, he, he, he knew she was, uh, she was the one that was going to uh, conceive and bear, bear, bear the Son of God. So just that, to be his wife, he would be the caretaker of God, the God Man. So mm-hmm. that must have much of um, it must have been an immensity of humility. And I heard a priest Amen. speak about sure. it one time. He didn't completely um, um, uh, explain himself because he was still saying there's something more to this. And this is a great meditation to pray about uh, right. to understand about the humility. Of 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 Saint Joseph, so he wanted to divorce her quietly. He didn't he didn't know how to grasp it at that time. That's uh, right. So I just want to go, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, well, thank you, Bob. That's a great great point. The humility is so important because we need to look at his example, especially as fathers, as guardians, as priests, as just men in general, to look at the great humility of Saint Joseph because that's what marks a true man. A true man, and you, you know, he, he's, he reflects the virtue of Jesus, his son, himself. So that's a great, great point, and the only way you can be espoused to someone with the humility of Mary, you'd have to have pretty deep humility. So good point, Bob. Thanks for bringing it up. And that brings me to the next point. It says, but while he thought on these things, of course, he's thinking about it. He's troubled. You know, what do I do? Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in his sleep, saying, Joseph, 
Son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, St. Joseph, if I was St. Joseph, in my weakness, I would be saying, gee, that's just a dream. I don't know. Let me sleep on that a little while. Hey, hey, hon, I just had a dream. There was an angel. He told me this. What do you think? <laughs> but but, but the, the other thing, the word of God came in, son of David. So he would yeah. be in the lineage. So what it sure. did is it, it, he that's got his point. attention. It was, a, it was a lighthouse because he was so, he was righteous. So he was rooted in the word of God. He was rooted that's in right. the fullness of scripture. So therefore he, he, you know, many people they say thought he was dumb because he was so silent. But no, he yeah, was so wise. Well, that's the other thing. He was so righteous, which is another way of saying virtuous, holy, right? Holy, and um, you know, and that is really his. His he he's got the 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 degree of perfection that is probably is mind-boggling, and of course, his faith was at such a degree of perfection that he didn't hesitate. And it says right and here, you know, and, and the other thing too, Bobby, in his ahead, dream. Bob. So therefore, usually when we're sleeping, how, who can remember the dream and who can interpret the dream? But he must yeah. have been such a, had such a pure heart that he could, he could really communicate in his dream. Oh, yeah. It was a grace, and he had to be well disposed to receive that inspiration and act on it promptly, immediately. Yes, that's, immediately. A, that's another good point, Bob. You yeah. know, and we see it right here, and Joseph rising up from sleep. You know, right. did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took unto him his wife. So all of his troubles disappeared. And, uh, you know, he had great faith. He was a righteous man. I'm sure he was thrilled at that message from the angel. We could see the great mercy and tender love of God. Fear not, Joseph. You know, he, God knew this was be, would be a great test for him. But St. Joseph, in his righteousness, passed that test with like a champion. And we can't thank God enough. And here, in this sense, here's where he heroically saved the lives of Jesus and Mary. Right there. And, of course, when we get to our, the seven sorrows, the flight into Egypt. Again, he saved the lives and protected the lives of Jesus and Mary by virtue of faith in a dream from an angel. So very good, very good uh, reading, but we get a sense of his righteousness and the, uh, the holiness of this man we call St. Joseph and why he was chosen to be the guardian of the Holy Family and the model for all families of the human race. You know, and, I, and I, I, that reminds me of uh, Abraham. St. Joseph yes. is a model like unto Abraham. You know, in a sense, Abraham was asked by God to sacrifice his son. So is in St. Joseph. So is in St. Joseph. So, and, uh, and he participated in, in, Christ, in the passion of his son in, to that degree. In fact, even it seems to me, and these are just my words, but in a little higher degree because he suffered. We don't think much about how much God the Father suffered. We don't think about that. But God the Father had a had to view his son being, go suffer his passion and in his entire life of rejection and, and insults and blasphemies and you name it. And St. Joseph imitated God the Father in the sacrifice of his son as well. So what I'd like to do at this point, 
is let's go to our reading in Our Lady of America and look at the words of St. Joseph um, himself and, uh, and, and how important it is to seek and live out devotion to his heart. And you'll, you'll see what he says and how he uh, is calling souls to have devotion to his heart. You know, uh, come to my heart, he says, so that I can bring you to true union or teach you true union with the divine will. Now, some may say, well, that's not theologically correct. Come to the heart of Joseph. You know, and that may be true, but I say, well, why not? The guy with the man was a righteous man. He lived the will of God perfectly. And he, continue, he does it more perfectly than any other saint other than this, his inviolate spouse. Why, why, why not go to the heart of Joseph, who knows what it means to be truly united with the will of God, so he could teach us that. So those are my thoughts and feelings, and I, I believe it to be true. So let's go to our reading. Well, you know what I want to do before that? I want to introduce you a little bit to the, uh, so the listeners know who the visionary is or the, uh, the one who got these words. I'll give a little history or a little introduction of who she is. All right, so Sister Mary Ephraim, Mildred Newzill, from her cloister cell, she was professed as a religious in 1933. Exteriorly, she was much like any other sister in the community, trying to be faithful to the rule and religious practices of the community. She received her first assignments to work in various houses, mostly in domestic work. From 1951 to 1954, she taught kindergarten classes in a parish school and enjoyed very much working with the little ones. About 1938, she began to have what seemed like mystical experiences. They may be described as flights of the spirit interior locutions. Having these did not disturb nor overawe her in any way. In fact, by her own admission, she thought they were a common thing to all religious. Oh, that's interesting. Sounds like St. Gemma, who thought everybody like her had a conversation, saw her guardian angel. She thought everybody, she was so pure and so childlike, she thought everybody saw and spoke to their guardian angels. <laughs> well, anyways, in 1948, these experiences brought to her attention to her confessor. She, these experiences were brought to the attention of her confessor. He prudently advised her to be very cautious, lest it be a case of an overactive imagination. The experiences became more vivid and the messages more pressing. She considered seriously entering a cloister, perhaps to find her fulfillment of God's will there. But various events indicated otherwise. Finally, her own community established a cloister group within an act active, and in May 1958, she was permitted to enter this cloister. These supernatural happenings referred to above included many things that concerned only her her own personal spiritual life, special espousals with Christ, designation as a little white dove, etc. During all this time, there were no external signs that she was different from any other member of the community. After some years, she began to write down briefly the happenings during these occasions of special communication with God. These were read by one of the other priests to whom she had gone for direction. And in general, they never found in them any contrary anything contrary to faith and morals, nor anything to indicate mental debility. On the contrary, some points especially the great emphasis 
and the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity showed a theological understanding beyond what this sister had been able to obtain from her regular courses in religion. Finally, in 1954, these visits took on the nature of a specific program of special devotion to Mary, which this sister was commanded to propagate. In fulfillment, in fulfillment of these expressions of Our Lady, which this sister is convinced, Mary wants her to carry out, she has sent down in writings this message of Mary, who presents herself here as Our Lady of America. So Sister Mary Ephraim died on January 10, 2000, in Faustoria. All right, and uh, the imprimatur is Paul F. Liebold. Paul F. Liebold. All right. Let's go right to our uh, writings of uh, words of St. Joseph. And this message uh, was given to her on March 11, 1958. And Our Lady said to me, St. Joseph will come on the eve of his feast. Prepare yourself well. There will be a special message. My Holy Spouse has an important part to play in bringing peace to the world. St. Joseph came, as was promised, and these are the words he spoke at this time. He said, Kneel down, my daughter, for what you will hear and what you will write will bring countless souls to a new way of life. Through you, small one, the Trinity desires to make known to souls its desire to be adored, honored, and loved with the kingdom, the interior kingdom of their hearts. I bring to souls the purity of my life and the obedience that crowned it. All fatherhood is blessed in me, whom the eternal Father chose as his representative on earth, the virgin father of his own divine Son. Through me, the Heavenly Father has blessed all fatherhood, and through me, he continues and will continue to do so till the end of time. My spiritual fatherhood extends to all God's children, and together with my virginal spouse, I watch over them with great love and solicitude. Fathers, come to me, small one, to learn obedience to authority, to the church always as the mouthpiece of God, to the laws of the country in which they live, insofar as these do not go against God and their neighbor. Mine was perfect obedience to the divine will, okay? And I just want to stop, pause for a minute, and on this righteousness or the just man, that's the, that's the, the clear picture of why he was a just man. Perfect obedience to the divine will. That's what makes a just, righteous man. As it was shown and made known to me by the Jewish law, and religion, and that's what you were saying, Bob. He was well versed in Scripture and a Jewish law. To be careless in this is most displeasing to God, and will be severely punished in the next world. Wow! So that's a stern warning. How important it is to live the will of God, or strive to live the will of God. That's why we need Jesus, Mary, and Saint Joseph to help us to live this, to live it out. As Mary, Mary says, do whatever my son tells you. And God the Father, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And, and Bob, if, if I sure. could say, uh, Father Pacwa and Ida Diaritin said recently that when we receive our Lord, or even our children, our loved ones receive our Lord, 
um, we are to go out and, and be uh, that true confirmed soul to bear witness to God, the gospel of God's Amen. grace and how few there are, the few Catholics that are, right. that enter into the word of God. And yet, even our priests, they're not informing, instructing, and admonishing the importance of it. So, so what do we have? We have the situation, the sins of omission, uh, sins of omission are rampant, and yet how few convert. So I just wanted to put that in as, as yeah, the importance you know, of St. Joseph, of what fathers should be. They are to be the head of, the, of, of their household. They have a great responsibility. They will be judged on, on yeah. rejecting Satan, all his pomps, works, and allurements. Yeah, that's a great point, you know. And um, I, I would say that St. Joseph, we need to look to St. Joseph because you're right, we must go out and be that reflection. And, you know, the theology of the body, St. John Paul II's theology of the body, he tells us very clearly that the body is to make the invisible holiness of God visible in the world. Are we doing that? that is, that's exactly what you said. Bob, that we need to go out and be examples of that holiness. And, and this is another reason why we need to look to St. Joseph, especially as men. Now, St. Joseph is the protector of the family, but one of his main roles is to be militant. He, we, he is, uh, the man of the house is supposed to be a militant figure where he protects and, and, uh, um, his spouse, his wife, and children from, from the devil, so that the devil does not have access to their family. And sad to say, right there in the beginning of at the first fall, Adam and Eve, Adam let Satan have access to his wife. He shouldn't have. He should have put his foot down. He wasn't being the man he was called to be. St. Joseph, and how many are following the, the example of Adam? They're letting the devil into their very home by not putting the foot down, by not, by not um, striving to be that man of righteousness in faith and, and be in that prayer to God and receiving the sacraments and worthily. So we're all called as men to be men of God, to be men just like St. Joseph in, in, our, in our family. That's why he says, Father, fathers must come to me to learn obedience to authority. This way here, they can be that authority. They know, what, they know how to be that authoritative figure in righteousness that they were called by God to be. So mine was perfect obedience to divine will as it is shown, made known to me by the Jewish law and religion. To be careless in this is most displeasing to God. Why? Because we let the devil come in and ravage our families. And then like Adam and Eve, Adam blamed the woman. It's her fault. Well, it was the woman you gave me, God. And she gave me, and I, so I ate it. It was her fault. And what did Eve do? Well, the devil made me do it. So the blame game goes on. Nobody wants to take responsibility, but we must. We must seek the sacraments of reconciliation and the Eucharist and seek to help through the devotion of Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph. So let fathers, this is St. Joseph again, 
Let fathers also imitate my great purity of life and the deep respect I held for my immaculate spouse. Let them be an example to their children and fellow men, and, I'm sorry, and fellow men, never willfully doing anything that would cause scandal among God's people. Fatherhood is from God, and it must take once again its rightful place among men. As St. Joseph ceased speaking, I saw his most pure heart. It seemed to be lying on a cross, which was of brown color. It appeared to me that at the top of the heart, in the midst of the flames pouring out, was a pure white lily. Then I heard these words. All right, and this is St. Joseph again. Behold this pure heart, so pleasing to him who made it. St. Joseph then continued, let me just back up there for a minute. Behold his heart, so pleasing to him who made it, referring to God who made his pure heart. The cross, my little one, upon which my heart rests, is the cross of the passion, which was ever present before me, causing me intense suffering. I desire souls to come to my heart that they may learn true union with the divine will. It is enough, my child. I will come again tomorrow, then I will make known to you how God wishes me to be honored in union with Jesus and Mary to obtain peace among men and nations. Good night, my little one. And next message on the evening the next day, March 19, 1958. Of course, that is the Feast of St. Joseph, March 19. St. Joseph appeared to me as he had promised, and he addressed me in these words. My child, I desire a day to be set aside to my aunt to honor my fatherhood. Now, I want to call everyone listening this to their intention because this is how St. Joseph desires us to honor him and it is a great way of, of uh, showing devotion to him and engaging in that devotion. It's a beautiful, beautiful way to be devoted and a powerful way to be devoted to St. Joseph. So he says, the privilege of being chosen by God to the, the virginal father of his son, to be the virginal father of his son, was mine alone. And no, and no honor, excluding that bestowed upon my holy spouse, was ever or will ever be as sublime or as high as this. Okay? So, yeah, there's no honor, honor bestowed upon even as high as the one honored on St. Joseph. The Holy Trinity desires thus to honor me that in my unique fatherhood, all fatherhood might be blessed. Dear child, I was king in the little home of Nazareth, for I sheltered within it the Prince of Peace and the Queen of Heaven. To me they looked for protection and sustenance, and I did not fail them. I received from them the deepest love and reverence, for in me they saw him whose place I took over them. Wow. Yeah, what an honor. They see in St. Joseph, God the Father. My goodness. So the head of the family must be loved, obeyed, and respected, and in return be a true father and protector to those under his care. In honoring in a special way my my, my fatherhood, you also honor Jesus and Mary. The divine trinity has placed into our keeping the peace of the world. 
The imitation of the Holy Family, my child, of the virtues we practice in our little home at Nazareth is the way for all souls to that peace which comes from God alone and which no other can give. Then suddenly, as he ceased speaking, I was favored with a unique and marvelous vision of the glorious St. Joseph. He seemed suspended, as it were, a short distance above what he had appearance what had the appearance of a large globe with clouds moving about it. His head was slightly raised, his eyes gazing upward as if in ecstasy. The hands were in a position similar to that of the priest during the celebration of Holy Mass. Only they extended upward somewhat more. The color of his hair, as also of his rather small and slightly forked beard, seemed a very dark brown. His eyes resembled in color the hair and beard. He was clothed in a white robe that reached to his ankles. Over this he wore a sort of cloak which did not come together at the throat, but covering the shoulders and draped gracefully over him, reached to the hem of the robe. The cloak at times had or seemed to have the appearance of a brown, sometimes a purple hue, or perhaps a slight blending of the two. The belt about his waist was of gold color, as were his sandals. His appearance, though quite youthful, gave at the same time the impression of rare maturity combined with great strength. He seemed a bit taller than medium height. The lines of his face appeared strong and purposeful, softened somewhat by a gentle serenity. I also saw his most pure heart at this time. Moreover, I saw the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove hovering over his head. Wow, that's interesting. Standing sideways, facing each other, were two angels, one on the right, the other on the left. Each carried what appeared to be a small pillow in satin covering, the pillow on the right bearing a gold crown, the one on the left a gold scepter. The angels were all white, ever their faces and hair. It was a beautiful witness that reminded me of the stainlessness of heaven. Then I heard these words. Thus should he be honored whom the king desires to honor. When the vision ended, St. Joseph, before taking leave, spoke to me in the following manner. The Holy Father need have no fear, for I have been appointed his special protector. As God chose me to be the special guardian of his son, so has he chosen me as the special guardian of him, who in Christ's name is the head of the mystical body of that same Son on earth. My special protection of the Holy Father and the Church should, should he made known to me, my special protection of the Holy Father and the Church should he made known to him. God wishes to make this known to him that he may receive thereby renewed consolation and encouragement. During the war, little daughter, it was I who saved him from death at the hands of his enemies. So I'm assuming he is so, he's uh, talking about the Pope at this time. There, um, continually, I watched over him and the church, and I desire this to be acknowledged for the greater glory of God and the good of souls. Lovely child, precious to the heart of your spiritual father, I will come again on the last Sunday of this month, Jesus and Mary will come also in a special visit. Receive my blessing. So we can see St. Joseph, his great task of protector of the church, protector of the family, protector of souls. 
and how he protects. He's a great protector. And God is really permitting him to intervene and intercess for us, be an intercessor. It's amazing. So he's there. He's there with us. So the nun, uh, sister goes on to say, as I knelt down to receive his blessing, I felt his hands on my head and heard the words, may Jesus and Mary through my hands bestow upon you eternal peace. And finally, these words in, given March 30th, 1958. And Bob? Uh, yeah, go like ahead, Bob. I just wanted to mention um, what came to me earlier was uh, human respect. And a lot of times uh, do fathers protect their children in this world and even in their home? Do they take um, that initiative to to watch over their families? Uh, usually there's a TV in every home. They are, they are, they are looking at uh, things that are perverse to such a high degree habitually. Uh, it's even gotten into many, even Catholic schools, where they have the dances and things like that. And uh, all the kind of music, whatever goes, it's never uh, admonished at all. And yet these children are being prepared nothing like the Holy Family. So it's all about academics and all this. So all these things are nothing to do with God. They should all be thrown into the darkness where they belong. And it must begin now sure the um yeah it's uh, you see the signs are there um and you know saint joseph the protector of the family is also teacher of the faith and uh, you know and it, uh, there's a, a statistic that um you know even though families they may you know the mother will take their children say the father's still at home um, the mother will take their children to the to church, to mass, throughout their youth. But let's say that hypothetically a father doesn't attend mass with the family. Well, statistics show that because the father didn't attend, even though the mother took the, the children, the children tend to fathers follow suit of the father. That's just so important. It's so important to have the father as a as a spiritual role model in the faith, and to bring the family together with a family rosary every night to be the strength to confirm their children in that grace, you know, and uh, it really is like the devil is attacking fatherhood in the biggest way. Notice um, in the beginning, at the first fall, he went to Eve first. The devil went to serpent, approached Eve first. And once he, he was able to um, convince Eve, then it's almost like he had the battle won because uh, Adam went along with his wife. But it really was he wanted to get to Adam because let's say Eve was the only one that fell, but Adam put his foot down and said, no, God said no. And, and let's say that he obeyed God rather than taking the apple and biting from it. Then there would be no original sin. But since Adam knew better, because he had first-hand knowledge of the love and the truth of God, which he handed on to his wife, and his wife received that with joy, you see, because he knew better, that's what made it mortal. So the devil knows uh, his attack really is against fatherhood. 
That's how we can destroy families. If you destroy families, you can destroy society and destroy the priesthood and destroy the church. It's that simple. So we're dealing with a very cunning foe, and we really need to look to St. Joseph, especially fathers, for that strength, for the model of what it means to be a father and a family that we've been called to be. You know, fathers, they take vows. Wives, they take vows. And, and uh, you know, St. Joseph could help help families, especially fathers, to live them vows and be the spouse that they're called to be, and they took vows to be. So here's uh, you know, sure. Go ahead. But if I could say, Bob, too, and the and the remedy for this would be the seven sorrows and seven uh, joys of Saint Joseph for a, a novena to be done by a by a, a, a faithful faithful wife or a husband and wife together for their children to begin anew. It's Lent. Listen to your priests. Live the word of God to the highest degree. Uh, um, beg God for for a true conversion. And, and begin uh, that holy family. It's a great gift to you. That's uh, right. In this time right here. Yes, and that's, you know, many people forget or have a tendency, well, all of us will have a tendency to forget that children are a gift from God. And, uh, you know, and we must show God um, our grateful, our gratitude to that gift by raising them to know, to come to know, to love God in this life, to serve him in this life, and be happy with him in the next really is the, uh, the responsibility of the parents. And, uh, you know, but it, it's, it's very reciprocal in the whole family where the spouses help one another to, in their sanctity and go to heaven. They help their children, but also the children are, are responsible for their parents to help them become saints so that they can enter eternal life as well. So it's very reciprocal every which way you look at it. And where and where sin abounds, grace aboundeth the more. Amen. So this is. I just want to touch on this. This is very important. Um, this Saint Joseph describes um, through sister how he desires to be honored, and um, you know it's a great, it's a great uh, method here that he describes. It's a great, it's a great devotion. So, so this was March thirtieth, nineteen fifty-eight. And as promised, St. Joseph came again. His requests were similar to those of Our Lady on the first Saturday. So Our Lady asked for a devotion on the first Saturday uh, for reparation against the blasphemies or the offenses against her immaculate heart, her virginal purity, her motherhood, you name it. So, and like, like Our Lady, St. Joseph is asking for a similar devotion on first Wednesdays of each month. The sacred hearts of Jesus and Mary and Joseph have been chosen by the Most Holy Trinity to bring a peace to the world. Hence their request for special love and honor, also in particular, reparation and imitation. So these are the words of St. Joseph. I am the protector of the church and the home as I was the protector of Christ and his mother while I lived upon earth. Jesus and Mary desire that my pure heart, so long hidden and unknown, be now honored in a special way. Let my children honor my most pure, pure heart in a special manner on the first Wednesday of the month by reciting the joyful mysteries of the rosary in memory of my life with Jesus and Mary and the love I bore them, the sorrow I suffered with them. 
Let them receive Holy Communion in union with the love with which I received the Savior for the first time, and each time I held him in my arms. To those who honor me in this way will be consoled by my presence at their death, and I myself will conduct them safely into the presence of Jesus and Mary. I will come again, little child of my most pure heart. Until then, continue in patience and humility, which is so pleasing to God. As St. Joseph had promised, Jesus Mary also came on March 30th. Jesus had the appearance of a boy about 15 or 16 years old. He spoke to me first. It was about the sanctification of the family and other matters. He said it would not be required of me to write at this time, as he would ask this of me later date. Our Lady of St. Joseph also spoke to me concerning the same subject and also about the divine indwelling. So the indwelling of divine will, divine indwelling, that's really what it's all about. How we're to be, as St. John Paul tells us, the body is uh, our whole being. Well, we're, well, we're body and spirit. But nevertheless, uh, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit where we are to be that um, uh, the body is to make visible in holiness, the holiness of God, the sanctity of God, visible in the world by our example, by letting God, um, uh, his spirit flow through us to others, out to the world. And it's impossible without the sacraments. It's impossible without the help of sanctifying grace. It's impossible without the help of our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and all of heaven. So we need, and we look to St. Joseph to obtain for us these special graces um, for our sanctity so that we could also sanctify our, our spouses, our children, the families, sanctify society. You know? So why don't we, Bob, why don't we... Uh, why don't we start with the seven sorrows and joys, and we'll pray, and we'll give an example of a beautiful devotion to St. Joseph, and hopefully those listening um, will get a good flavor of what we're talking about. And this is a great, these are beautiful meditations, and they're, they're rooted in Scripture. So why don't we begin with the first one? You there, Bob, with us still? Yes, Bob, if you can continue on, and I'll check in in about another five minutes, okay? Okay, fantastic. All right, so let's go to the first uh, sorrow. And uh, this is the doubt of St. Joseph. And here's the scripture taken from Matthew 1, verse 19. But Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wishing to expose her to reproach, was minded to put her away privately. That's the first sorrow. And the joy, the message of the angel. Here's his joy. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Do not be afraid, Joseph, son of David, to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is begotten in her is of the Holy Ghost. What a consolation that must have been to St. Joseph. And here's the prayer. O chaste spouse of Mary, most holy, glorious St. Joseph, great was the trouble and anguish of your heart when you were minded to put away privately your inviolate spouse. Yet your joy was unspeakable when the surpassing mystery of the incarnation was made known to you by the angel. 
by this sorrow and this joy, we beseech you to comfort our souls both now and in the sorrows of our final hour with the joy of a good life and a holy death after the pattern of your own in the arms of Jesus and Mary. And we conclude each meditation and each sorrow with the Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and never shall be, world without end. Amen. Now, the second sorrow, the poverty of Jesus' birth. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And the birth of the Savior, this is the joy of St. Joseph. I can't even imagine. Here he is. He's with a family and, and his wife is about to give birth. And there's nowhere to give birth. Oh, yeah. And uh, as a father and a protector of the family, a provider, I'm sure that really uh, was a sword of sorrow in St. Joseph's heart. But the joy, and the angel said to him, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, who is Christ the Lord. And that's taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. In the prayer in honor of this sorrow, O most blessed patriarch, glorious Saint Joseph, who was chosen to be the foster father of the Word made flesh, your sorrow at seeing the child Jesus born in such poverty was suddenly changed into heavenly exaltation when you did hear the angelic hymn and beheld the glories of that resplendent night. By this sorrow and this joy, we implore you to obtain for us the grace to pass over from life's pathway to hear the angelic songs of praise and to rejoice in the shining splendor of celestial glory. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. The third sorrow, the circumcision. Luke's, this is taken from Luke, chapter 2, verse 21. And when eight days were filled for his circumcision, his name was called Jesus, the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And the joy, the holy name of Jesus. So I'm sure the tender, loving heart of St. Joseph 
If you can imagine the tender, loving heart of God the Father, he could not bear. I, I think I read somewhere, I'm not sure what mystic, maybe a Greta, that God the Father could not bear to see his son uh, during the Passion, what he, was, what he was tortured, how he was tortured. And he had to turn. He couldn't look. So uh, using that as um, a meditation or reflection on what St. Joseph, his tender heart, he probably couldn't bear the sight of the first blood being drawn from the little body of Jesus. So St. Joseph, pray for us. Make our hearts like yours in compassion and in love for Jesus and Mary and our neighbor. So the holy name of Jesus, Matthew for chapter 1, verse 25. And he did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. O glorious St. Joseph, you faithfully obeyed the law of God, and your heart was pierced at the sight of the precious blood that was shed by the infant Savior during his circumcision. But the name of Jesus gave you new life and filled you with quiet joy. By this sorrow and this joy, obtain for us the grace to be freed from all sin during life and to die rejoicing with the holy name of Jesus in our hearts and on our lips. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The foresaw the prophecy of Simeon, taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 34. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and for a sign that shall be contradicted, and your own soul a sword shall pierce. Again, I picture and I meditate on the heart, the tender, loving heart of St. Joseph, who wept at the first blood being shed of Jesus, and how he must have, must have pained his heart, knowing that his inviolate spouse, a sword of sorrow, appears her heart as well. But the joy, the joy and consolation that God provided for St. Joseph, the effects of the redemption, Chapters uh, taken from Luke's Gospel, Gospel, chapter 2, verse 38. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give praise to the Lord and spoke of him to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. So the joy of Anna, Anna and Simeon, the prophetess in the temple, was in there day and night praising God and, and prophesying. Must have been a great consolation to the heart of St. Joseph and Mary. And Jesus, O most faithful St. Joseph, who shared the mysteries of our redemption, glorious St. Joseph, the prophecy of Simeon regarding the sufferings of Jesus and Mary caused you to shudder with mortal dread. 
but at the end, at the same time filled you with a blessed joy for the salvation and glorious resurrection, which he foretold would be attained by countless souls. By this sorrow and this joy, obtain for us that we may be among the number of those who through the merits of Jesus and the intercession of Mary, the Virgin Mother, are predestined to a glorious resurrection. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And we're running out of time, so... I will do maybe one more sorrow, but I will announce the other three, the three remaining sorrows. The first one, well, the fifth sorrow is the flight into Egypt. And the joy that he received in Egypt was the overthrow of the idols. I'm going to read that because it's a very interesting uh, meditation of what happened in Egypt when uh, Joseph and Mary fled into Egypt. Uh, by the message of an angel to flee from Herod. Herod wanted to uh, kill the firstborn children, the firstborn males in Jerusalem. So again, uh, God warned the Holy Family and St. Joseph in a dream, listened to that dream and rescued the Holy Family, fled into Egypt. The sixth sorrow is the return from Egypt where the joy, the life with Jesus and Mary at Nazareth, and the seventh sorrow, the loss of the child Jesus in the temple, and, of course, the finding. That was his joy, finding the child Jesus. But here is the meditation um, on the fifth sorrow, the flight into Egypt. So he also, he arose and took the child and his mother by night and withdrew into Egypt. And the overthrow of the idols of Egypt... This is Isaiah, chapter 19, verse 1. The burden of Egypt, behold, the Lord will ascend upon a swift cloud and will enter into Egypt, and the idols of Egypt will be moved at his presence, and the heart of Egypt shall melt in the midst thereof. O most watchful guardian of the incarnate Son of God, glorious St. Joseph, what toil was your in supporting and waiting upon the Son of the Most High God, especially in the flight into Egypt. Yet, at the same time, how you did rejoice to have always near you God himself and to see the idols of the Egyptians fall prostrate to the ground before him. By this sorrow and this joy obtained for us the grace of keeping ourselves in safety from the infernal tyrant, especially by flight from dangerous occasions. May every idol of earthly affection fall from our hearts. May we be wholly employed in serving Jesus and Mary, and for them alone may we live a, and happily die. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Saint Joseph, good and holy Saint Joseph, pray for us, intercede for us, protect us, especially holy uh, our families. Intercede for all fathers and families. Make them strong warriors and men, men of the family. St. Joseph, I pay for them the grace to imitate your virtue as spouse, as guardian of the family, as father, and protector. In Jesus' name we pray. Good night, everyone. We're out of time. Until next time, may God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.